Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. The night darkest just before the dawn. Give me the horse, Chuck. I'm Batman. You know you're the best, Chuck. I'm just telling you. We've got a lot to get to today as we welcome you into the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by Wanker Realtors, the Griffin Company. There's a football game coming up on Saturday. The Razorbacks in Mississippi State set to go at 11 o'clock in the morning. We're going to visit with Neil Price, the voice of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We're going to talk about this year's team and what it's been like post-Mike Leach and what kind of Mississippi State football team may be invading Fayetteville on Saturday. It's basketball media day in the Southeastern Conference as well. Perhaps you saw the preseason media poll yesterday. Arkansas picked third. Muss was on stage today. So was Trevin Brazil. We're going to hear from Musk coming up in just a little bit to talk about uh, basketball. So we do have a lot to get into, and we're going to get right down to business. All right, let's start with football. The Hogs and the Dogs set to go at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. We do not know yet if Mississippi State starting quarterback Will Rogers will play. Those who are, I guess you could say, in the know in the Starkville area seem to believe he won't. But the truth is, we don't know. And I guess we'll find out if not a little bit closer to Saturday on Saturday itself. Will Rogers is a good quarterback. Things change when they insert his backup. His name's Mike Wright. He's a transfer from Vanderbilt. Probably a better runner than a thrower. Truth be told. Mississippi State's going to be different. This is Sam Pittman. They're different than what they've been in the past. Now, even though they had great running stats a year ago and the time before when Coach Leach was there and things, it's just a different schematics. Running more tight end-oriented offenses, more dotted the eye or in the home position than what they have before. So, to me, their offensive line is sort of a little bit like ours, too, because of the non-fast pace. They're being tested a little bit more in a schematic mic point, not necessarily zone read type offense. Of course, you know, unless the other quarterback's in there. But I see them learning. I think they're a lot like us as well in that category. Very aggressive at the tackles. I like their offensive line. They play very hard. You know, I think this Saturday's about Arkansas. I think it's about being back at home. I think it's about continuing to play with the effort that they have played with, particularly for the last two or three weeks. If they can do that, Mississippi State, respectfully, is not quite as good as some of the other teams that Arkansas has played. Just like Arkansas has not been as good as some of the teams Arkansas has played. But um, I do think that's going to have an effect on Saturday. Don't know about their quarterback, but we're going to try to find out a little bit more in just a moment when we talk to uh, when we talk to Neil Price. First, I want to talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home. And I want to talk to you specifically about Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, and the plan, the plan that pros always make when they tackle a project. And if you're buying or selling a home and you're partnering with a realtor, you want them to tackle your project. 
And I can tell you my experience with Weicker Realtors and Griffin Company is they come with a plan. And they lay that plan out for you. It's detailed. And I guess the thing that I would say about all of that would be if your realtor is not sitting down with you and going over their plan to either sell your home or get you into your dream home, one of two things is going on. Either they don't have a plan or they don't want you to hold their feet to the fire for the one that they do have. What I can tell you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is there's going to be a line of communication. You're going to know what's going on, and they are going to get you from contract to close. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson, Missouri now. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town. That means they're selling houses. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Motorcycle Riders of America say... Give me the hogs, Chuck. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B. L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, we are delighted to welcome the voice of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Neil Price, to the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast today. Neil and I met several years ago when I was still broadcasting Arkansas baseball. And Neil was a youngster. He's still young, but he was really a youngster then, broadcasting Kentucky baseball. And uh, how many years is it now in Mississippi State? Neil, first, welcome. And and how many years is it now? This is, uh, we're early into seven. So it's been a little while. Okay. And if I remember right, the, the first time you and I sat down and had any kind of long conversation, we were waiting out a rain delay. And maybe a tornado warning or something uh, in the old clubhouse at Kentucky. So we're basically sitting in a hallway that's about as wide as, I don't know, it might have been six feet wide. But we're sitting there on the floor just trying to figure out how we're going to get through however long that delay was going to be. And I'm not sure if we got back to playing that day or not. But, uh, yeah, I remember that well. And uh, for you to say delighted – that's the first time I believe anybody's ever said been delighted to talk to me, so I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we don't we don't have the high standards around here, Neil. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, <laughs> no, we are there we, we are delighted. The truth to have now. <laughs> Tell me about this version of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. It sounds like it's different than the one that we saw a year ago. It is different. A uh, lot of young people playing. There are still plenty of people that that Arkansas fans will remember on that team on on both sides of the line of scrimmage but a lot of young people have had to play because there hasn't been a ton of depth to this point now that'll be good for the future but boy it sure has been tough at times this year to watch young people go out there playing in the sec and uh, and make mistakes but that's part of it you know so i think if you're if you're watching this team you have to have a lot of patience and you have to play the long game and understand that while there may be some bumps in the road right now, it, it bodes well for later because there are going to be a ton of guys on this team who are going to have played against some really high-level competition 
before the season comes to a close. What's it been like the last several months uh, beyond the death of Coach Leach, Coach Arnett uh, coming in as the head coach? Can you give us a sense of what this has been like for these players? I don't know that I can speak for the players, Chuck, just because, you know, they, they were in the locker room with Coach Leach far more than I was. Um, you know, I, I visited with Coach probably two or three times a week. Uh, you know, one of those was an hour. And beyond that, you know, I'd talk to him at practice a little bit. But those guys were with him every day. So I don't know that I can give you a, an accurate measure of mentally what any of them went through, um, what kind of toll it took on them, or for that fact, you know, what kind of what kind of toll it took on Coach Arnett or any of the returning members of the staff, just because they were there every day. Uh, I will tell you that I think for Zach Arnett to have been thrust into the role he finds himself in, and to have had very little notice, um, next to no preparation. Uh, you know, because a lot of times you get to the end of a season, and you know if you're a, if you're a, a successful coordinator or you're climbing the coaching ranks, you know you you, you kind of have your mind set on what the next destination is or what the ultimate goal is. Uh, I think that 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 Zach's going to be a really good head coach one day. I, I just think that he he wasn't sure that he was going to be a head coach when he had to become one. Uh, he has handled it as well, I think, as anyone could, given the circumstances in which uh, he, he became the coach. So uh, I think state people ought to be incredibly proud of him uh, for that. And, you know, he surrounded himself with good people, people who know this state, people who know football, people who know SEC football specifically, and was very calculated in how he went about that. And, and to me, that shows a great deal of maturity and intentionalness um, to try and want to try and build success. So, what what were they all thinking? How's it taking a toll on them? I'm not sure that I know, uh, but I know that they have all tried to pull together as best as they can and move forward. Well, one thing I will say about Zach Arnett, he's good at keeping a secret um, because everybody wonders whether or not Rogers is going to play quarterback, and um, I just wonder. I'm not going to ask you specifically who's going to play and who's not because people ask me about Razorbacks, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Or even if I do know, I can't say. So I'm not going to ask you about that. What I am going to ask you about are the differences between Will Rogers and Mike Wright. What changes when one or the other's in the football game? I think there are two things, Chuck, that, that stand out to me. Um, Mike Wright is much more mobile and has – greater speed than Will Rogers when it comes to running the ball. Will Rogers is a much more accurate passer than Mike Wright. I think those are the biggest trade-offs. They they have used Will in the run game some this year. Not a ton, but but they've used him enough that they're, they're trying to show people that they're not afraid to turn him loose on a quarterback draw to try and, and force a defense to guard all um, all the skill players on the other side. Uh, with Mike Wright, you absolutely have to do that because he is a threat to run, and he's right up there. I don't know if he's the fastest guy on the team, 
but he's right up there near the top of that list if he's not. Uh, so those are the differences between the two of them. Uh, the, the universal uh, between them is that both of them are very experienced. Both of them are older, intelligent, and they've played a lot of football in this league. So, you know, I don't know who it's going to be. You know, I really don't. They've done a pretty good job of keeping that under wraps this week. But what I will tell you is, uh, regardless of who it is or if it's both, as it's been at times over the course of the last two or three games, I think that state staff certainly feels good about either option. Yeah, it's interesting from the outside looking in. Uh, you know, I've watched Arkansas and Mississippi State play a lot of football games over the years. It's been the same Mississippi State team in terms of style, with the exception of the time when Mike Leach was pulling the trigger. Now, I'm not saying that's entirely accurate. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, that's that's kind of the way it's appeared. This year's version, it sounds like going to run the ball, going to be tough on defense, going to try not to make a lot of mistakes, win this thing in the fourth quarter. Is that accurate or am I off base there? No, I think that that's very accurate. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think, to your point, it probably is much more in line with the identity of the program over its entirety. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, I love Coach Leach. Uh, Coach Leach wasn't real interested in running the football now. You know, I mean, he just I, – I think they had three run concepts in the entire air raid offense, the pure air raid that, that he ran. And when Kevin Barbet got here, uh, you know, almost immediately, Kevin Barbet says, you know, we got to run the ball to have an opportunity to win games. So there's been more of a premium placed on that. And what we have, what we have been able to see because of that, and I think a lot of us here knew it from, from watching practice and seeing him every day, is Woody Marks is a good running back. They used him as another receiver, a guy who could catch a ball out of the backfield in the air raid, and he was pretty good at doing that, too. I mean, he's the all-time leading pass catcher at Mississippi State uh, as a running back. But, uh, but when they've been able to hand it off to him, he has the ability to get downhill, and he has a great combination of both speed and strength that I think make him a successful running back in, in the toughest conference in the country. So... That, that part's been fun to watch. And uh, and they've, they've got some other talented guys behind him, too. I mean, there were five guys in that running back room at the beginning of the year. You're watching camp, and you're sitting there going, man, you know, I, I'd feel good about any of them at a given point having to carry the ball and, and feel like they could make something happen, make a play. Uh, so that has been a, a noticeable change in this, too. But at South Carolina, Chuck, you know, they're, they're, they're in the game, and – they're running a lot of air raid concepts. When you look at how they're lining up, it was a lot of single back four wide receiver in the shotgun, and Will Rogers is throwing it all over the yard. You know, so uh, it's it's not to say that they have totally abandoned what they were doing, but they clearly do want to run the ball and want that to be a bigger part of what they're doing offensively. And Kevin Barbe just kind of has been this guy who's who's made it known that he's not going to try to. Um, he's not going to try to win the game or be set in his ways and say this is the only way that State can win. He's willing to adapt on the fly and do what works if, if it means winning or losing the football game. Well, we were talking about the defense a minute ago. You mentioned uh, 
Zach uh, Garnett's background, obviously, on that side of the ball. What's that unit like? Well, the, you know, the, they go kind of as as Bookie Watson and Jet Johnson go. Uh, you know, those two guys have been among the leading tacklers in the conference uh, each of the last two years, and they're on pace to be right there again this year. They're both six-year guys, uh, and without question, uh, those two and, and Jaden Crumity up on that defensive front, who's, who's played a lot of football here, they're, they're the leaders on that side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's it's kind of like the typical Mississippi State story uh, when when you follow the program of you know how good can they be at the back? Uh, you know, so they've got some guys that are older playing back at safety, but. Marcus Banks is a guy who moved from corner, so even though he's he's older, he's new at that position. Uh, Sean Preston is a guy who has played safety his entire career. He's the most experienced guy back there, but when you get behind those two, they've had some, some true freshmen and some redshirt guys who've had to play a lot of snaps back there. So, again, learning on the job in the toughest conference in the country. So there have been some big plays. Uh, I, I think during the, the open date, they've tried to give those guys more reps in practice. Those young guys bring them along, help them to recognize things better based on some of the mistakes maybe that were made in the first six games. So, uh, you know, and the other thing is they don't have a manual Forbes anymore. And I'll just tell you from my perspective, I never understood the importance of one player or how valuable one player can be when you're talking about a group of 11 on the field at one time, not having an Emmanuel Forbes out there who can kind of be that lockdown corner, it makes a difference. It just does because he he took away a lot of mistakes, uh, or certainly he cleaned up a bunch of them at times last year. Uh, and not having him on that team now makes a difference. So, yeah, there there have been some, some bumps in the road there. Uh, but again, they got six games left. Every goal they want to achieve is still out there for them, uh, but the margin for error is a lot slimmer. So that group's got to get better, and uh, they've got to be they've got to be the strength of this thing. I think moving in the second half of the year because they're spotting opposing teams way too many points in the first quarter. So they've they've got to find a way to be better on defense and certainly start faster on defense. All right, let me shift gears on you just for a couple of minutes before we wrap it up. Basketball's coming up. I noticed the media poll yesterday, Arkansas third, Mississippi State seventh. There's a lot of basketball optimism in Starkville, too. I mean, kind of tell us about that. Well, people are excited because of what Chris Jans was able to do in his first year here. And I think they're they're, they're more excited, Chuck, in the, in the way that he did it. So uh, Coach Jans is a guy that is – Defense first. They they play hard at both ends of the floor. Don't always win pretty now, but uh, you know they they use that defense to win a, a ton of games a year ago when they struggled to shoot from the outside. So a lot of people go back and think about Richard Williams when he was coaching here because Coach Williams' teams always played really hard, uh, played great defense. Uh, and and it has brought back some good memories for people of some of those teams. So I think that's why everyone you know is really excited. And they got a lot of guys coming back. Um, core group that was here uh, a season ago. Now they're going to be without Tolu Smith for probably 
the bulk of the non-conference. And, and you know, that's a shot, obviously, because he's a first-team all-league player. And uh, they're going to play a harder non-conference schedule this year than they did a season ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at their roster, and if they can play the way they played a year ago, it's hard not to be optimistic about what they might be able to do. And if they could get back to the NC2A tournament again, do it in back-to-back years, but they've not done that since I've been here. And, uh, I mean, that would be that would be a major accomplishment for this program because those NC2A appearances have just been tough to come by, period. I remember when we faced, uh, when Arkansas faced Jans in the NCAA tournament when he was at, I, think, I guess, New Mexico State. I know a couple of coaches that know him that talk about how this guy's a basketball lifer. I mean, if, if there yep. were 25 hours in the day, he'd be obsessed with basketball 25 hours a day. There are only 24, so he's obsessed with it 24 hours a day. Um, it seems like, again, from the outside looking in, basketball has become really important at Mississippi State. And, I mean, this guy's the real deal. So I would imagine, at least around the campus area, when basketball comes up now, maybe there's, maybe there's a different feeling than there's been since perhaps, and you mentioned Coach Williams, maybe since maybe since him. I will tell you that, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking, you know, October, whatever it is, you know, I mean, just past mid-October, and there are already people in town that are talking about state basketball. And again, since I've been here, I can only think of one other time, Chuck, where, where that might have happened, and that was, you know, that was the year – um, I guess when, when COVID ended the season at the SEC tournament, going into that year, State had Tyson Carter, Robert Woodard II, Reggie Perry, three guys who, who were legacy players here. Their dads had all been a part of the program. And people were really excited because of that and because that team had a chance to qualify for, for the NC2A tournament. Um, but beyond that, since I've been here, you know, it's always kind of felt like with men's basketball, it's been something that you do to pass the winter between football when baseball starts. And I'm a basketball guy. I mean, that that's that's kind of how I broke into the business. I've always loved it. Uh, I was at a place where it was pretty important for 12 years of my career, too. Uh, so I, I just think that, you know, it, it does my heart good when I walk into Coliseum and there are people there, and and the students in particular are there in big numbers, and they want to see the basketball team do well. Um, I, I love it. And I'll tell you, there were a few games last year where, where they, they just about sold that place out and did a couple of different occasions, and it was great. And, and Coach Williams would just look at me and kind of grin in the breaks and would say, this is what I've been telling you about. This is what it used to be, and it's what it can be again. And it's a pretty cool thing. So, uh, yeah, I am hopeful. I'm optimistic. Uh, all those things that this could be another good year for Coach Jans. Uh, you're, you're right about him being a lifer now. I mean, he'll come sit down, Chuck, and do pregame interviews with me, and he'll have notebooks, binder. He looks like a college kid that's coming out of class, and it's all on one opponent whoever they're going to play that day. And it doesn't matter if they're playing somebody out of the Southland Conference on a Wednesday night 
or if it's playing against Arkansas or LSU or Alabama or anybody else they would face in the SEC. Um, he prepares to the nth degree, and he's just a good guy to talk to. He just a he is a hardworking blue collar guy. Can relate to the people here. Um, great to be around, and the players all seem to love him too. Neil, I could talk the rest of the afternoon, but you've got things to do, and I guess I do too. But uh, sure, it's fun to talk to you. I sure look forward to seeing you Saturday, and thanks for being with us. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday, and uh, it's always good to talk to you, and we'll find a little more time to talk for the ball game, I'm sure. All right, Neil Price, thank you. Thanks, Chuck. I'll see you Saturday. Take care. Hey, thanks to Neil Price for doing that. And I want to go back to something we discussed right there at the very end, and that was basketball. I know there's the temptation when football's not going well to turn your sights to basketball. I get that. But they're excited about basketball in Starkville, and goodness knows we are here. SEC Media Days, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's in progress right now. The media poll came out yesterday. The Razorbacks picked third in the Southeastern Conference. A lot of those hopes are pinned on the availability of Trevin Brazil. You know, last year before he was injured, there wasn't a better player in the country. But Arkansas, I thought, missed him as much as any team missed a player out there at the end of last season. He is back. This was Muss talking about his availability yesterday. He's ready to go. He's had an incredible rehab process. It's been a long process, but we've been really patient. Coaching staff's been patient. Trainers, TB himself, but he's ready to roll. We we don't know what he'll do Friday when we have our exhibition game. He might play, might not play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll for sure play a little bit against Purdue, and then we'll roll into the regular season. So he's got two exhibition games to continue to kind of get his rhythm back, and, and certainly we feel like the player that we will see in January and February is much different than what we'll see in November and December because he's going to get better and better with each day that passes. Man, it's hard to believe there's an exhibition game Friday night. It's just almost impossible to believe. UT Tyler, then a football game on Saturday. One thing about the schedule this year, if you look at the first two weeks of the regular season, they're going to open the regular season on a Monday night, first Monday in November, I guess. And then... They're going to play on Friday night before the home football game. I guess it's against Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. And then the next week, they're going to do the same thing. There's going to be a Monday night game, and then there's going to be a Friday night game the night before the Florida International game. So uh, you'll have opportunities to make it doubleheaders, basketball and football, uh, when you come to Fayetteville in the month of November. But, hey, they're going to be good. It's going to be fun. Three straight years in the Sweet 16, it's hard to imagine they won't get at least that far. We do have a lot of faith in Muss, and I guess it's well-placed. All right, as you're getting ready for the weekend, let me remind you about the Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. How'd you do last week? How do you got to do this week? You got ball games beginning on Thursday night, and they're running right through, I guess, really Monday night football. Bet Saracen's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app, and when you download it, you find out why. It's Vegas, Arkansas style. Now, I know there are a lot of national betting apps. I know they're out there, but I also know that there are laws in our state that keep a lot of those national betting apps from operating within the borders of our state. So if you're really going to be the most informed, 
Bet Saracen really is the place to be, whether it's the Razorbacks, whether it's former Razorbacks, whether it's just the game you're watching. If you're one of those who likes to place a wager, you need to download the Bet Saracen app. They've got a how to play video, they'll get you ready to go at the Bet Saracen app. All right, we've covered some ground today. We tried to do it quickly. Uh, we heard from Sam Pittman a little bit earlier, Neil Price on the Bulldogs, Muss on Trevin Brazil. We're going to put a bow on all this at the end of the week. We've got an early football game on Saturday. We've got a basketball game on Friday night, an exhibition game. There's just a lot to, to look into, and we're going to keep our eye on all of it. We're going to wrap up the week on Friday. We'll get you ready for the football game on Saturday. Hope you'll make plans to be with us then. Until Friday, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.